0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Heard, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Herd is a collaboration between The Hungry Dudes, Nick Drinks, and the Detroit Optimist Society. Each week, we interview industry professionals about issues related to food, beverage, and hospitality. Please take a moment to subscribe to Herd through the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however you subscribe to your podcasts. Write a review and let us know what you think. For additional content, including awesome videos and photos, visit HerdPodcast.com, like Herd Podcast on Facebook, and follow at Herd Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Herd. Hello, friends, and welcome to H.E.R.D., your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. I'm Joe Hakeem, and I'm pouring out a 40-ounce rosé. So hospitable. Into Pour a little six to your glasses homies. right now. Pourses. We're kind of glasses. Six six, six solo cups. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. We're, we're drinking out of solo cups because yeah, that's right. how we do on H.E.R.D. podcast. Classy. Um, Stay classy, tonight, Detroit. Rosé is not just a
2: summer wine. We're also our well, second for, podcast in, so we're a little drunk at this point. Yeah, so, for,
1: for, yeah, <laughs> so We killed
0: so a bottle of bourbon. It, you we, might be listening to this we, like couple weeks later. It wasn't a full later. bottle. It was
1: half. <laughs> so
2: We've eaten all 40 the 40-ounce
1: rosé is something that we can't get in the Detroit area, can we? What? No, got it in this, Chicago.
2: This launched last year. It was very hard to get last year. I didn't try this year because I forgot oh. about it until you brought you it. Anything I think they had a writing company. You get anything by you.
0: from the you, internet. Yes. Jason, you did oh, do it.
2: There was a one-off, writing company. Yeah. I don't know where you guys
0: got it from. So there I'm Joe Hakeem.
3: That was all. That was you're with all me fresh. tonight? Uh, I'm have... joined by
0: Nick.
2: Hi. Hi, Jesus. Joe. <laughs> uh, Jason. What up? And he is not taking your crap. Vato. hey
1: And the owner of Provisions in Ferndale, Zach Berg. Hmm. What up, what up?
0: Zach, Ooh. thanks for being with us.
2: Thanks for having me. Not only does he own Provisions,
0: but what does he also own? A Lego set? What? What? No, the
2: new place. Isn't that the whole play? Is, Is it Monger's provisions? provisions? Yeah, yeah it's so also it, Provisions. It Both are provisions. going to be called Monger's
4: Provisions. We opened up with Provisions about 11 months ago. Before that, it was a pop-up called Berg's Provisions. We've had a lot of names for our short <laughs> life. Um, but with all the different people using Provisions in the title we needed – a little more specificity. Is that the word? I think that I totally butchered it, but it's cool. No specificity word You're not know, a butcher. Again,
0: I'm not a butcher. No, no, not at all. <laughs> you're a monger. I, <laughs> you're a monger. <laughs> How, where, did that, where did cheese monger come Oh, I'm from? so happy you asked.
4: Uh, So cheese mongering goes back to the 1400s. It actually started in oh. the UK.
2: Yes. At a time similar you wait, to now. You got yeah. excited about the UK? Yeah, because I'm going to London in like three weeks. Nice. Oh, badass. So I'm going to go to like the birthplace of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> There's some cheese mongering. Cheese mongering. mongering. Yeah, we'll yard
4: dairy. we're going to talk. Cheese um, mongering or we feel are talking. Yeah, <laughs> right now, right here. I'm not going to um, bore
2: people with like my travel journal. So monger,
4: mongering. So at a time similar to now, where a lot of people are making cheese, there needed to be a group of people who were like, "No, this is the shit you should be eating. Forget all that other stuff, right? Because everybody says the same stuff. So it's very pretentious. It's very pretentious. Totally. <laughs> um, no. Pinky's up. Uh Pinky's up and it tells you how to eat the cheese properly. But no, it's a, this idea that we help you decide what's delicious. Everybody's going to say the same thing. It's coming from my farm. I did my best. It's you know beautiful it milk. It smells et, 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 et. like my feet. It smells like my feet. It's my culture. Um,
2: Take his drink away.
4: <laughs> he's cut off. But uh, <laughs> So cheesemongers are the guys who get to say, no, this is the really great stuff and – We've been putting our stamp of approval on stuff since the 1400s.
2: So, and is this because a lot of people were kind of making their own cheese in the farm for personal consumption? Yeah. And so these guys kind of came in and say, okay, you can do that, but we're going to find the best of the best. We're going to curate, if you will, the great cheeses.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It comes out of, you know, time wise, you're breaking down this like feudal system and people are moving to cities and cheese is changing in the sense that you need to buy it from the market. It's not just coming off of your farm. So, the age how of do I know if it's good? Age of Enlightenment.
3: There you go. Is that before, or after the fear mongering? Is that related?
4: Uh, a lot of mongers <laughs> going on. War mongering, War-mongering, and then you get it to the fishmonger. You know, Ooh, I've never seen
0: a fishmonger. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps you are a fishmonger. Jesus, Whoa. we lost
3: our fishmonger. I just ate some scallops at Merrill last week. I was it's just doing a ahead.
0: Shakespeare thing. I don't know. No, I don't is that a line? Know. Well, no. Perhaps no. But but uh, 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 you are a fishmonger. That was from Hamlet.
2: Oh, ah, nice. It's hmm. <laughs> good.
3: Dude, oh, like this cheese is really good.
0: All the cheeses All are good. Cheeses. So we
2: haven't even talked about cheese yet. I know. The whole – it's like almost it's gone.
0: It's like I the episode started no, two stop. seconds ago and no, no, it's no. like, no, no, please cut some more. <laughs>
1: <No>. Please
4: <laughs> cut okay, the so, cheese. So, what, what so it's not
3: bring? false advertising is what we're saying. Yeah, what did it's you bring really, with you?
1: Um, so I brought
4: the soft one. The really soft one is a beer cheese and it's coming from Tulip Tree Creamery in Indiana. And it's a really cool collaborative cheese. It's the first of its kind for us. We got beer from Urban Rest Brewery in down Ferndale. to Indiana in Ferndale, yeah, yeah. right across the street from our original location. We got them the Prince Junior Porter, got it to the creamery, and they made this amazing cheese for us. They already do this cheese. It's called hops, but they do it with whatever beer they can get. And mm. so we got a special batch of hops, the Ferndale Funk or the Ferndale fromage. So, so like to explain, how that,
1: how, explain how beer cheese works. So are, are they – they're soaking the cheese or what are they doing?
4: So beer cheese is a really unique and not – as codified as like brie is, you know, it's not as much of a recipe. But in this sense, usually when you hear about alcohol and cheese, you're washing the cheese. It's rind conditioning. In this case, it's actually an ingredient in the milk. It's part of the reason it's so soft is it? they added quite a bit of moisture. So they do a little bit of rind conditioning, but the beer is actually in the milk as it solidifies. But this ha- this has a brie feel to it. Totally. It has that fat content and that kind of texture. It's missing the bloomy white
0: mold Penicillium candidum. So when you're when you're talking about brie and you're talking about triple cream, double cream, what's the di- distinction between those?
4: So it's interesting. That question is really um it's a question you have to answer in mind with what country you're in, right? Hmm. So in France, a brie is a very specific thing. It's uh dictates the dimensions of the cheese, by it dictates law? by law. Okay. Um, and while not all bries have like name protection by law, like brie de Mo has to be X, Y, and Z, and you could make Brie de Bob, right? And you wouldn't have to do quite the same kind of name designations, but in France, that cheese would be strong. It'd be funky. It'd probably be like two inches tall and, you know, so on and so forth. Here, we talk about Brie and it just means any white cheese, right? So every triple cream is triple cream Brie, double cream Brie. And it's really interesting when people come up to the counter and they're like, I want a Brie, I have to kind of figure out What brie
0: are you talking about? Right. You know, and so, yeah. We had this conversation a little bit ahead of time about eating cheese, but one of the things that's very distinctive about brie is obviously the rind, right? So, do you eat it?
4: Yeah. Do you not eat it? I do, and I think my rule of thumb is if the rind is, so there's this category of rind conditioned cheeses or uh, soft ripening cheeses. If the rind is still alive and doing something to the cheese- it's all right to eat. So brie is – it's alive. Brie, when you first get it, would be like a hard disc and it gets gooey as the, pro- as the mold eats the oh, proteins and leaves you the that. fats.
0: It's going huh. through proteolysis. Does that change when you bake it?
4: No. I mean that no. process has already happened. But the, the so rind know. was alive and that's why the cheese got this way. Huh. It's not just like a layer of protection like an a gouda or a cheddar.
2: So when you put a so when you put a brie down it goes like a like a cheddar like it goes hardness, through a process yeah and it breaks down oh, Yeah, absolutely go, okay.
4: the, the molds literally eat the proteins away and leave you just with the lipids so it's soft and then other cheeses go through the exact opposite process mm-hmm. where it would eat the like lipids and it would get really hard like a crotin that gets all flinty and like shatters almost when you cut it Meat. it's because all the fats were eaten and you just had proteins left
0: cuz i i i the entire brie yeah and i've seen some people that like scoop out like when you get to like a uh you know people, a lot of people get brief for like a house party you, or something. yeah
1: you eat a whole wheel of brie don't you just said oh i totally could are you kidding me <laughs> we all could <laughs> yeah <we're>, but no <laughs> uh, you know
0: when you're eating like when you're cutting it I, I cut the whole thing and i i i get the entire part of it when you go to a house party a lot of people get brief for house parties bringing and crackers and you see them like scooping out the cheese from Mm. the inside because it's soft
2: and it's like my mother and all my aunts will just hollow out a triple cream no one will touch the rind and I don't think people know that you're supposed to eat it because I think when you eat it yourself you think it's something that should be disposed of absolutely like a lot of them don't have any flavor mm -hmm. and I think there's a level of uh,
4: experimentation people are not comfortable with I eat rinds all the time where I'm like huh I wonder if I'll like this and then I eat it and I'm like no I do not (laughs) like this or they don't condition their rind to be edible I mean Nothing on the Rhine's gonna this be. Rhine it's not like really you're gonna good. eat poop. You know what I mean? There, it's not gonna be on the Rhine. But like
2: a Manchego, which is almost kind of waxy, and you're gonna
4: be eating a little paraffin there. Yeah. It's gonna be actual wax. Um, mm. it's a food-safe paraffin, mm-hmm. so you'll be all right. But yeah, find out. What find about out,
0: deli, deli cheese? So sometimes deli cheese. So I get uh, Munster. Yeah, a lot. Oh, with the red totally stuff. Totally safe
4: to eat it. Actually, real quick, fun, like interesting story. I don't think we recognize Munster comes from like Alsatian Munster which is a stinky cheese, and it's orange because it's mimicking these washed rind cheeses like Epoisse or um, whatever. Who cares? No, uh, It's oh, that's <laughs> stinky Dive cheeses, in. yeah. Oh, what's well, Epoisse? I, f- I don't even know what a is. I find is. when I start to explain myself with other cheeses, then you really sound pretentious. Um, I'll keep going. Yeah, well, Epoisse you You're is, a monger. You yeah. Well, these these stinkier cheeses, washed rind the term I kind of used earlier with how you would use a beer usually— That's how you get these cheeses that smell of the feet of the gods, as they say. Um, And so Munster is a cheese that we found in like when we had a huge new German population here. We're like, oh, you know what's really good on a sandwich is that young cheese before it gets funky. And so we were cutting young Munster. And at a certain point, they're like, well, let's just process it, draw the fucking line on, and we don't have to make a real cheese that's going to actually age. It's just make it the right texture right away, draw the line, and we're done. So it's, it's a natto. It's a food coloring, mimicking a rind that it used to have. So my, my problem with Munster is that it doesn't taste like anything.
2: Right. What? L- like,
1: uh, and mm-hmm. so it growing up. It's delicious when it's – especially when it's, when hold, it's heated. On, needs to be hold, heated. And, and so, so hold up. So growing up, my mom would, would make us nachos, right? And her – You did air quotes when you did uh, that. Yeah, yeah, because they would just be the way she, <laughs> she made it. Like it wasn't like anything like – when you get in this like uh, at a Mexican restaurant, right?
0: She would right. Like, you Italian didn't put meatballs. A, no, a plate of uh, tortillas, uh, cheese, and throw it in the microwave.
1: No, no, she didn't do that. What did she do? No, she would like like fry up the meat and then put the put the chips off to the side, bake them once, and then put the meat on top, and then the cheese would go on top of that. that sounds delicious. It sounds yeah, amazing. it was great. It was great. But she always used mester cheese, and I never understood why, because I always wanted cheddar. Mm. Cheddar's Cheddar had a sharpness to it. Yeah. Where Munster just tasted like melted smoke.
0: Mm. You got to melt, melt the Munster. You got to yeah. get that. Oh, it
1: was uh, melted. I just didn't appreciate it. The chemical it reaction
0: was, of the. Of the of it was the, just.
4: You melted. want the sharpness. You want yeah. the big cheddar. I get yeah, that. I like right. that as well. Midwestern. Sharpness. Sharpness. Bunch of cheddar heads. Mm. There it is. <laughs> 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 okay. I'll never so.
3: shy away from being solidly Midwestern. No, yeah, it's yeah, all right. It's all right. The
0: Vato's over here, man. The Mexicans love Munster. I'm just telling you, the Mexicans love Munster. You melt that shit. Throw in our quesadillas. I'm all about the queso. Oh, yeah. But it's like, yeah, exactly. Because that's
2: that's fairly mild, but does have its flavor on its own. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Monster like like it's like bread to have no like very little flavor. I buy Monster every week. I'm not disparaging you for it. buying Monster. No, I'm, I'm just saying just, like <laughs>
0: there's a there's a flavor to Monster that get I some love. Reclats. He's not disparaging. He's just reclats, telling you you have yeah. no taste. <laughs> 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 I buy Monster over provolone any day. Shower yes, Monster? Yes, I'll back that Shower up. Shower Monster. The, oh. the deli provolone think. is pretty meh. Oh,
2: well, yeah. d- d-
1: okay, so and this is the point I want to get to like this whole deli versus so, you're a artisanal cheese shop. Like, mm-hmm. you can buy all kinds of cheese at uh, your big
0: box. Yeah, when I go to Raid,
2: I mean their provolone <laughs> is not. Bad.
0: No, admittedly, I, 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 uh, I. So I was in a pinch, and I. This is going to sound horrible. I was in a pinch, and I was at Whole Foods. <laughs> and, Holy shit! Uh, it's a hard. I life. couldn't get. I couldn't get to my deli to buy Head Munster, so I bought three sixty five Munster at Whole Foods thickly sliced and i i didn't care for it as much as i loved the borset yeah. version of it i mean i, I know it sounds horrible but, <laughs> but
4: Bors- it doesn't Ed's, sound horrible you should you know and borset is widely
1: available at grocery stores i'm not you're not getting away from my point of t- towards it's not why well, as like, yeah. so in terms of like <laughs> pricing different, different and different positioning yeah. like what well, um i like holiday market royal oak has a very wide cheese selection mm-hmm. right um Your new place that's going to open, Detroit, is going to have like 100 different cheeses. Yeah, yeah. How do you differentiate yourself from the the big box store?
4: So I think that a huge part of my ability to differentiate is when you go to the big box store, you're going for all your groceries, right? And so you're at the whim of the hundreds of people who go in there. They need Fontina for this recipe, (laughs) Gorgonzola for that recipe they want. Munster, right? You can't live without your Munster. Why the hell? Yeah. What about that one person who wants provolone? So all of a sudden you're carrying all these cheeses because your customers need them. Right? I'm carrying cheeses because I think they should be carried. I'm trying to express like this is what's amazing right now. Like most of us have no clue what's going on in American cheese right now, right? It's not something the news is writing about, but similar to the craft beer mm-hmm. explosion, American cheese has gone from zero to 60. From the 80s to now you have Hundreds of creameries making amazing cheese that rivals some stuff coming out of Europe. And so I'm expressing what I think is worth eating right now in that way. And I'm not necessarily the cheese for like burgers every day, although I do have some really cool cheeses for that. And, you know, I might not have every single thing you come in for, but I promise you I'll have something really
2: fun and worth exploring. But I, I think the craft beer comparison is great because this when you kind of say like, hey, if you want to do like a grill out in the backyard, sure, I can help you. But if you want to enjoy something and sit down and relax, that's kind of where you come in. Yeah. And I feel like the way I've utilized you is I've come in and said, Hey, I have a group of people. Find me four things that are tasty. Yeah. And you walk me through what you have.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. But Thank you. Is cheese one of those things that I feel like this, like this, the parallel to like meat and the way we eat mm-hmm. these things. So
4: is cheese overconsumed at this point? Oh, huh. great question. I, I would say. Yeah, we're eating a lot of the wrong cheese. We're eating plenty of cheese, but yep. we view it as a condiment. We barely pause. It's just slathered on or melted on.
0: And I think – <laughs> wait, Nick, you practice safe condiments. You told me that earlier. Great line. I feel like that's a T-shirt waiting
1: to happen. Oh, um, that's T-shirt five. Five,
4: yeah. <laughs> So I think that, like, we're eating plenty of low-fat mozzarella. I'm not worried about that, you know. Don't eat
0: low-fat anything, folks. All right, this is Vato talking about (laughs) the health aspect. Don't eat low-fat. Knock it off. Knock
4: it (laughs) off. But I don't think that we're necessarily celebrating the local creameries Mm. that are making amazing stuff. And there's some really cool cheese in Michigan. I've been... Real happy to find some cool stuff.
2: But millennials are killing craft singles. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I, saw I saw that, that article. article. Yeah. It's not even cheese. Is that an, is that was that an article? Really? Oh yeah, totally. Really? Was this last week. This week. <sighs> I mean, yeah. millennials,
0: man, killing everything. All the things. If it doesn't say cheese, <laughs> all right, cheese
2: pro- milk product. If it cheese. doesn't
0: say cheese, it's, it's <laughs> but, not fifty percent cheese by law. <sighs> hmm. Cheese by product. law. Uh, yeah, but. Nothing that you, know, you I, squeeze I, I, out of a can, I, I, I Zach. This no. might
1: be like yeah. you know, uh, not the mud of everything that you believe in, but Velveeta on burger isn't bad. Well, an American cheese podcast.
4: like has a certain texture that yeah. like is really hard to replicate, and we it's engineered to be that good. Yeah,
1: and I and think that, the like you have
0: American cheese, and it's cheese. Yeah, but when you get craft, and it's cheese. Velveeta S- cheese. I'm process. talking about Velveeta. I You're talking it, no, I'm Velveta. talking about Velveeta is a product too. You're wrong. wrong. It's not.
2: No. Is not a cheese product? No. I. It, it's a cheese. Uh, there's
1: no. Uh, it's a product. No. It's gross. It's pretty. Oh no, no no. I'm no. not just. I'm not. No. I, arguing I that Joe. Back. I'm Shells, saying he's a, trying to say like you <sighs> know my Velveeta isn't a cheese. Product. No, I'm, it's a cheese product. It's it, shelf it stable. It depends if it's. It's shelf stable. Yeah, you it just
0: cheese. It's at least fifty percent cheese. If it says American slices, like Kraft. So if you look at Kraft, Kraft doesn't say Kraft cheese. It says Kraft American slices. So what you're buying in the store for your kids, mom and pa, is not 50% cheese. It's super weird, gross stuff.
4: There's, there's a lot. When yes. you can't read all the ingredients, you know, you're in a... Bad place, but, so but, and but and I'm
1: not I'm not going no. out on a limb for for Velveeta. What I'm saying is like when the nuclear gra- war happens, I love my be
2: shells gone, and cheese, Joe, yeah. and you'll have your your Velveeta. Yeah, your, your my mm-hmm. Velveeta. And <laughs> I mean, love <laughs> Cheese Whiz.
0: I will say it right now. I love Cheese Whiz, and you know want I want to go
2: anymore. to record as a
4: cheesemonger saying I've enjoyed Cheese Whiz and still do. I think there's a time and a place for everything. I make and I think mac that, and like, cheese with Cheese Whiz. As much amazing craft beer is happening, like PBR is still doing fine. You yeah. know, people still there's a time to like mow your lawn and drink. Shit, beer, and there's a time to eat shitty cheese, and there's a time to like snacking cheese versus thinking cheese. Beautiful bechamel,
0: and I add cheese whiz to my bechamel. Mac and cheese should not be healthy. Fuck that shit. Well, I, I mean, as long it's not coming chee- from a powder. You're yeah, doing pretty well.
1: And also, like, mac and cheese by definition isn't healthy. Like, even if you use really incredible yeah, cheese from st- Zach, a bunch like, of cheese and carbs. Yeah.
4: <laughs> what would you use? you use for mac and cheese? What cheese for mac and what cheese? You use? So, I do a base of like a really good melting cheese, like the Conte mm-hmm. we've been enjoying, or mm-hmm. a cheese called the Chalerhocker.
2: Oh, <laughs> <what? Challer
4: Hacker. laughs> It's a Swiss cheese, and then I'll add a little bit of sharp cheddar. So, like two parts melty cheese, one part super sharp cheese.
3: Are they going to sell that in Midtown? Yeah, right. That
4: that mix. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, just like a bag. will well, shredded hmm, mix. There, there you the go. The way your eyes lit up. Maybe <laughs> we will. <laughs> we all, um, Mac and uh, yeah. cheese mix.
0: Mac and cheese mix. It's got to be better Pretty than our sure whole food ready to to to
1: go. It yeah. Better.
4: You got like
3: a uh, yeah, you need to have like the little hot station there, whatever. Ooh, Oh, hot so, station. You know? I'm, I'm
0: going to interrupt Joe for a second. My favorite hot station was in San Francisco <laughs> on the pier. <laughs> oh. When you have the <laughs> That
2: sounds. That sounds suspect. So <laughs> yeah. The, the, oh, hot station on the pier. And I'm going to I'm going to
0: mispronounce the name but the Reclette Oh yeah! Wheel. No, you did great. Okay, so you got the wheel of yeah. cheese, and you got the uh, the heating instrument that's on the top. Yeah, that's the raclette like, oven. Yeah, the, whatever. And, and so this person is like, "You want a uh, grilled cheese?" And I'm like, "What?" Then they got like the the real grilled bread. Yeah, and then they have this wheel of cheese. that's like just melting, and then they just scrape it mm. off. Was this just... a
4: Cowgirl Creamery in San it Francisco? It was. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I bought the cookbook just it's because awesome. of it. Yeah. I lived in San Francisco for six years. Ah, so see? Maybe raclette you know is well. magic, I feel It like. is. And, it's, I what and, I'm I, about.
2: and I don't think, it's so weird to see like a full wheel of it. Uh, yeah. And there was a, a business trip I was on that I didn't pay for that was in Park City. Those are the where Ooh, they had, Utah. Yeah. They had like a big raclette wheel in front of the fire <laughs> and they would slather off a little on the bread and there was a buffet of toppings. Ha- why don't we have that here? Right. I have one in my house. Why
4: don't we <laughs> Not, have I this? don't have the wheel. I have the heating thing. That but would I can kill you. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, hours. let
3: me ask you this though. So would because I'm now that I'm thinking about macaroni and cheese with all of the <laughs> possible variations. That I can a shred go, of cheese, <laughs> right? Like, so let's say if you were to do a lobster mac and cheese, Ooh. would that change the mm. the composition of like the cheese? Because I don't know how deep this cheese rabbit hole yeah, goes. Yeah, like, so it goes down right? as like,
4: deep as you want it to go. No, it's a great question. Everybody always comes up to the store and they're like, "What do you do in your mac and cheese?" And I I gave you the answer. I give everybody, but like. At home, what do I do in my mac and cheese? I clean out the fucking fridge, like every nub of every cheese that's in the house, mm-hmm. shreds up, goes into the mac and cheese, and it's just the monger's mac. Um, the monger's mac. mac. So, like, and it's often amazing. You so, know, like it, it's cool because you have these weird little variations and flavors. That being said, if you want to make a meal, like you can be as specific as you want. You can get like some crazy cheese that has like a briny nature and some kind of minerality to remind you of the ocean from italy i'm thinking of like Berger pinchin which is a great texture and melts really well um from the piedmont and then something decadent and really rich like the conte or elp blossom which is a austrian mountain cheese okay so here's my question
1: yeah someone comes in and says a make and mac and cheese is your first response what kind of mac and cheese are you making? Or no. do you have, okay. So you have something in your head that's like.
4: I, I give them the answer that I gave you guys earlier, earlier. like Conte, yep. sharp cheddar. That's the go-to. And you know. A big part of my job is to like evaluate the person in front of me. Like, wow. how I can nerd out for hours. Like, if you really want, go home, watch my TEDx where I talk about the history of the American cheese revolution. You have revolution. a TEDx on <laughs> Totally Stop. 15 minutes on the American cheese revolution. Oh, as I so, call did it. you have to
0: stand like, on, a, on a specific spot and you have yes. this huge screen behind <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, they're like, <laughs>
4: stand in this carpeted square, and if you walk across, you can stand in that spot, but don't walk across too many times. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, uh, and then I walked over to the other side, and I'm like, can I go back, or do I have to stay here and end it? Like,
0: um I freaked out a little. It was fine. So, yeah. wait, so just uh, I know uh, we're talking about mac and cheese. We all agree we don't put breadcrumbs on mac and cheese. We all agree on this. Right? I mean, I, I wouldn't
3: will. turn it down.
0: I am normally like, too. I, I, mean, lazy. I would not turn down any mac and yeah. cheese. Yeah. I, mean, I normally make too, a mac and cheese yeah.
1: pie, so we put more cheese on the mac and cheese. Well, that's you make pie. it into a pie? Yeah. So uh, no, uh, you're at Ackroyd's, a- We do a yeah. macaroni and cheese oh, pie. Yeah. yeah. So we do like a bechamel and then we we have uh aged cheddar and gruyere in ours Ooh. and then uh No, yours is uh, very I good. was totally Thank
3: watching you. his face for signs <laughs> of judgment. <laughs> 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 uh, like, I, I mean, you know, it? It? we make it we make it a
1: au. So pass. we can't we can't do like yeah. your blend like it would in Doesn't terms work. of volume. You threw it, it out at wouldn't. the
0: bartender's new year a couple years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Delicious. Yep. Delicious oh, stuff, yeah. man. Yeah. And I'm I,
2: normally too lazy to bake my mac and cheese. I normally make the bechamel, I put the yeah. cheese in, I put the cooked pasta, that's it. That's my oh, plan. too bake with it. the breadcrumbs
4: nope. yeah. is that I just want to eat the damn right. thing. Like right I, now, I've
1: i would, worked hard enough. I mean, you know, be- better made, crush better made chips with uh, with butter and on top of that and then bake that. Uh, like uh, I, uh, I would uh, do that. I can, I maybe, of, I,
0: maybe, Yeah,
4: I'd, yeah. But uh, no bullshit breadcrumbs. You yeah, want yeah. better made or something. <laughs> you know, make, make an effort and if I'm you're going to do it.
0: And I'm not uh, saying you're wrong about the powdered, but I got a four-year-old. And sometimes yeah, oh. getting the Annie's Organic is just like easy. Yeah, I no, I like, have,
4: this all goes with I like hate, the uh, benefits of not having children. Like, <laughs> I,
0: wanna, I want to be able to like show my kid like, hey, you take this and you make some fondue and, you know. Yeah, uh, but life. She's like, oh. dad,
1: mac and cheese now. Yeah. Right. What
0: yeah. do you yeah. think of
4: fondue? What do I think of fondue? Yeah. I, I, I enjoy it. I'm not as crazy about it as everybody else. It's a great history as we're in a podcast. What is it? Uh, Planet Money, I believe, has a whole thing on the Swiss Cheese Consortium, which is a thing that existed. Whoa. It broke up in like the late 90s. Wow. Fondue is a product of like a Swiss marketing board being like, <laughs> really? we have way too much uh cheese. And we should talk about some traditional cheese method That's that, like, amazing. melts a lot of cheese. Stop it's, like, it. not really that popular right now, but let's talk about it like it's really popular.
1: But and the, and but they the made thing fondue is, like, huge. Hold my beer look, cheese. And you yeah. always waste. There's always waste with fondue. Right. Yeah. Because no one ever finishes it.
0: Yeah. But then you look at something like the melting pot. and then Which like, is dying. <laughs> is it yeah.
2: dying? Because you put a Shake Shack in front of it. Millennials no are killing it. it. Millennials, <laughs> Millennials are killing uh-huh. it.
0: The melting pot in Ann Arbor. No, but
2: the one in Troy has to
0: be dying. I've never been to one. I don't have no. I have no desire. I used to go to. I've a, never like, been to one. Either. Every so yeah. often, I I have. I enjoy go with people. It's their birthday, and you go to melting pot. and They want to have fun. You get the chocolate. at the end. <laughs> what is you melting dip the pot? Cheesecake melting in it's there? a fondue restaurant. It's yeah. a fondue yeah. restaurant. It's a fondue they a fondue have fondue. Tab- I mean, the table has a burner on it. Yeah, it's pretty they, great. They are like what do no, you no, like? You're pro- like, oh, I would like this, and you can get like sounds like Korean barbecue for like people. You can get. I mean, it's almost the mojo sauce. All right, so I have a practical question for the monger. Yeah. All right, you're buying cheese at a uh, your local grocery store. You're buying mm-hmm. it from you. How do you store it at home? Ooh, yeah,
4: absolutely. You? It seems to be like the number one question, which makes me think mm-hmm. that a lot of people are throwing away bad cheese at home. Um, so the most annoying part of the answer is buy it from a place that wraps it in cheese paper, okay. because that's does a lot. You know, I wrap everything in a very specific paper. It allows the like ammonia and off gases to escape, but not oxygen to get in. Um, so that's a. So not a Ziploc? Not a Ziploc. Kay. Because mm. a Ziploc actually will, like, That's keep me. too much of the funk in the bag. Cheese yeah. is, like, alive in this sense, and it farts ammonia, and <laughs> it needs to not sit in its own farts. Cheese farts. Yeah. yeah, cheese farts. Saran-wrap. That's another t-shirt. So Saran Wrap is better than, you know, a Ziploc or a Tupperware, but what's even better than just Saran Wrap is wax paper, then Saran Wrap. So you give it a little bit of, like, a cushion. Um, but either way, cheese paper or this wax-saran type of combo, and then put it in the crisper drawer. It's not for your vegetables. It's your cheese drawer. Mm, right. the, they're totally wrong. I use a um, cheese
0: jelly, de- deli drawer Yeah, uh, for all my uh, cold cuts and all my cheeses. My LaCroix in there. <laughs> <I'm> dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife's LaCroix <laughs> in the garage. Uh, uh, in the just garage. not the
4: top shelf. That's really the key is if you put it in the top shelf- uh, that's usually where the
0: motor is and all the air movement, and oh. so it'll dry out your cheese. Right. Ne- next practical question: Yeah, is uh, sell by date? Fuck all those. Yeah. No, okay. No, they're so, terrible. I mean, yeah. so what the, if the, the it's law a-
4: makes you put a sell by date on honey? It's a natural preservative. <laughs> like it's it's asinine. Um, yeah. And while they are there to help you, some of those sell by dates, and like I'm not saying just eat things that are like months past. due, you know, use your eyes. If it's like super moldy, don't don't eat it's it. The guideline. Yeah, it's but a even guideline. Even if it
2: is moldy, can you, you can cut rub the, the mo- mold well, off. Well, you
4: can cut the mold off yeah. in most cases. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I worked in a grocery store for four years in San Francisco, and I think most people who've worked like any grocery job can tell you they sustain themselves on past due food. Mm. I mean, it's I, free at that I, point. The, yeah, so right, exactly. it's delicious. Yeah.
3: yeah. I have a question about, Um, unfortunately, it's not a practical question, Um, but uh, we uh, theoretical uh, <laughs> cheese question? <laughs> yeah. <It> could be <laughs> cheese <theoretical>. theory. <laughs> um. No, because uh, I'm learning a lot, obviously, today about uh, cheese. I've learned a lot about wine, uh, Fairmont a little bit. But we've talked in the past about uh, – and something that you had mentioned earlier about, you know, the perception of uh, American cheeses relative to, like, European cheeses mm-hmm. that uh, probably have this deep, rich heritage. And, uh, you know, in the wine, there was a turning point. There was, what, like, some tasting or some competition or some –
2: Oh, crap. What was it called? You know, yes. like,
3: you know, where where people became – and it's happened in whiskey too um, – you know, uh, in Bourbon, Pappy Van Winkle at a a certain point, and then there's Japanese whiskey, you know, had won some international spirits competition where that really raised the profile of American whiskey and Japanese whiskey um, to an international community. So is there, like, where, you know, and also I guess you talked about, like, you know, nobody's out there really talking about this stuff. So where do people go to, like, follow all these things? And is there a place where these things are decided on a on a grand scale where yeah. american cheese can reach that next level or a-
4: absolutely there's been you know a lot of the progress isn't just with the products being better it's building that infrastructure so the american cheese society was formed in 1983 um so it's a baby it's a baby it's yeah. a really new organization and only 5 6 years ago did it ever create a certification of any nature mm-hmm. saying that like we certify you as a cheese professional, so that's a brand new oh. thing because you individuals have or brands, individuals, individuals okay. yeah. So and, you have all these and. Uh, and the Are cheese you? monger invitation. Oh, yeah. I'm a certified cheese there professional. There we go. That's absolutely. absolutely <laughs> Come on, Nick. Um, <laughs> certified cheese That was about to be a huge scandal for yeah, a second. Yeah. <laughs> ACS, CCP. Um, I signed my name with it. I'm like, no one knows what I'm saying. <laughs>
2: like, this is ridiculous. Random um, random, random numbers, letters yeah. after your name. Yeah.
4: So I, I feel important now. Everybody I know has a, a higher degree. I have a certified cheese professional. Um, <laughs> Don't knock it, though. No, it's awesome. Yeah. I was yeah, really fantastic. excited to get it. There's uh, less than 1,000 of us in the country so wow. far. So Congratulations. Thank that's you. That's awesome. Um, so that was a big thing. How long thing. did that take? Uh, it took like a couple months of studying. It was a 300-question test. That's it? A couple months of studying? Well, I've been in the industry year. for 10 years. And, and years of eating cheese. You yeah, studying I mean,
3: specifically for the test. But...
4: Yeah. Stu- yeah I have been in cheese for, at that point, like eight <laughs> years. <laughs> okay. um, right. I mean, come on. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> the other big thing that I think is a little more public-facing that's been great for the industry... Um, has been the Cheesemonger Invitational, Ooh. which is, happens twice a year and is like a party slash battle royale Cheesemonger. It's in like cheese right next to the Catalina wine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like Catalina like fucking wine Catalina mixer, mixer. wine mixer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite that high. Well, yeah. Catalina wine and cheese yeah. Invitational mixer. We're looking to do a hybrid next year, actually. Um, so it happens in New York and San Francisco twi- twice a year, and Cheesemongers like myself have a series of competitions, and it's... A way to kind of, sure. It's really designed around learning, so we get to meet all these cheese makers and then have a little, you know, pissing contest to see who's the best at the end, and uh, <laughs>
3: but also you know major match promotion. wits and, totally. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's it's
4: a great experience. In the first California one in 2014, I got second in the country. Wow, so it was a really Business. cool competition. It really tested a bunch of my skills and was another opportunity to hone it. And so, I guess both of these events have been designed around. um giving some authority to different, you know, voices in the cheese industry. And uh, the ACS, in part of their conference, does a competition for American cheeses every year. So there is a best of show. This is the best American cheese this year.
2: So Um, has the ACS put any protections on for a cheese that only a region of the U.S. can do or all of the U.S. can do? Because I know they do like Brie. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been denomination or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They haven't yet created designations. There
4: have been huge discussions about that. There's always a town hall meeting for
2: for what would be a good example. So
4: there was a big discussion of like Vermont cheese should Mm, be mm -hmm. you should have a seal of Vermont cheese. It should be protected by the government. Yada, yada, yada um wisconsin was like fuck that <laughs> yeah we can we can import vermont cheese somebody actually right. got up on a chair during this debate and was like we need to protect the name cheese um that <laughs> <laughs> got superheated they're like these vegans are the fucking problem um oh so, yeah, yeah so yeah yeah i mean ultimately, ultimately yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. the real like when you when you start getting cheese people really worked up it mm-hmm. just falls to like at least it's fucking cheese right like um. Call what, it something else. Wait. There's some great nut butters out there. What but just it's, cheese? Cheese, cheese? Cheese is a milk product. Cheese is a milk product. But not, a, not a cow's milk. Almond
0: milk, milk product. It could be not, a,
4: well, almond milk isn't milk, right? Like almond milk yeah, is- No, officially,
2: yeah.
0: It could be a goat's milk.
4: Yeah, it can be
2: anything. It so be it's any, got to come from an animal. It has to be an animal-based
4: milk. milk. Yeah, mammal milk.
1: No there turtle
2: milk. Is turtle milk a thing? Totally. <laughs> <What? laughs> haven't you had turtle cheese? No, I haven't. I haven't. You're kind eating of... some weird <laughs> stuff. And, and, and
1: yeah. then also mammal milk, it brings up the- like...
4: There's not <laughs> enough protein in the milk. <laughs> okay. Uh, Are you talking uh, about- Human milk you doesn't you went there. Yeah, well, had, Everybody I mean, does. I yeah. mean, the, the parents is, did, so about? why yeah. can't I? <laughs> I feel bad because I have the answer. So um, <laughs> there's not enough casein <laughs> protein in human milk to like bind and make a cheese. There's a specific protein in bovine milk that like allows it to make into cheese. There we go. Yeah. But okay. if anybody so, can figure it
3: out. America can.
1: What is- Nut milk? The
4: nut, nut juice? Well, tofu?
1: The nut tofu cheeses, is like yeah. soy like, cheese. What, what is it then? It is. It's, yeah. it's a product that – Is it like, like a fat wash? I or... mean it's
4: much more like a tofu, right? It's You're taking a nut milk. You're coagulating using some other product. It's it's the same process that cheese is made through. It's just the is different there a, so cheese.
0: So dairy has a dairy council. Is there a cheese council that uh, works with the legislature to enact laws?
4: Yeah, the American Cheese Society is the probably largest single body, but um, Wisconsin has a really active the Dairy Farmers Association sure. or Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin.
2: Happy California Cows. Yeah,
4: that's the another example of an organization that really ties to I, I, But I know lobby. Dairy
0: Council works with the uh, um, farmers, uh, you know, in Michigan, for example. And mm-hmm. we're gonna have a uh, somebody from the Farmers uh, Bureau come on in a in a few weeks and awesome. You know, talk about that, but I'm just wondering, I was like. Do you have a lobbyist for the cheese world that's working on behalf like to say, hey, uh, vegan cheese isn't cheese. We need to not call it cheese.
4: (laughs) There might be on a larger level. I'm always amazed whenever I go to things like the American Cheese Society Conference where I think of the whole industry being like these really cool small farms in you know, Vermont and this and that. But like as fun as that is, the whole industry is like the tankers full of low fat mozzarella that are getting sold to a pizza chain. And so, I imagine when you get to like that size and you're like writing deals that involve trucks full of cheese being shipped around the country, that's like cool. those people have lobbyists. I, you know, American artisan cheese does does not. ACS would be as far as. And they sometimes
3: have. that's not necessarily a good thing, right? Because sometimes no. when business reaches that level, it's all about barriers to entry and and it's creating also obstacles for the next.
4: Well, lack of creativity. I, I think you also create a system that's really. Um, vulnerable because it's so large. right? That's why we have all these pasteurization rules to begin with. When people were eating raw milk on their own farm, no one was getting sick virtually. It only was when we started to throw it on a train without refrigeration or go into an industrial food system where like, We needed a lot of milk in a lot of places, some which didn't have farms. Did we really get people sick and mad? Today's
3: solution is tomorrow's problem.
4: Yeah. And then the answer is like, just pasteurize everything won't be an issue, which works to a degree. But then you also don't learn about how to clean your facilities and you don't, you take away the fingerprint of what like makes each farm different and special. So, So, and you blame
1: the farmer rather than blaming the process, right? Like, so like this, oh, someone got sick from this milk. It must be the farmer's fault.
4: Well, unless you're pooling all the milk because you need enough milk to feed like a bunch of Walmarts. Right. Right. right? Because no farmer can produce enough milk for Walmart, right? right? And so Walmart only gets milk from you know, a couple companies or one company. I have no clue. I feel like Walmart's going to show up at my house and kill me. because <laughs> <laughs> A huge company and I'm besmirching them on, uh Just say
2: right Oh, wait,
0: yeah. wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have to break into commercial. Uh, you're listening to her Podcast. It's brought to you by Walmart. We love um, our cheese. All right. I'm sorry. You can continue. Um, now. Yeah,
4: but either way, no one can produce enough milk for these giant companies, so you start pooling it. And so which farmer are you going to blame, right? right? Like you had a giant pool of milk and somebody mm. got sick down there. So... It, you stop you stop caring about individuality and, like, the fact that one farm had these Holstein cows and the Holsteins taste like this and they were grazing on this mountain. Like, all the story mm-hmm. behind cheese just gets erased with, that's like, the need Vegas, to have.
0: Hmm. So,
2: can, that's fascinating. Have have you tried a raw cheese, raw milk cheese versus, like, like, pasteurized yeah. cheese? Yeah. And can you taste the difference? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. do you think yeah, – well,
0: ACS understood.
2: Can we taste the difference? Maybe um, that's a better question. There
4: it would be really hard. I think that there's like a richness that comes in, and I don't mean that in fat content. I think it's just a complexity, I guess, is a better word that comes with pasteurized right. cheese. In the um, CMI and the cheese monger it's definitely like part of your blind tasting, as you need to say, is it pasteurized or not? Wow. Um, yeah, I, I think that the average consumer – if they were shown it
2: side by side, you could taste the difference. Okay. It's not
4: something that's like because I've trained myself to pick it up. I think that we just
2: don't often sit and taste those things side by side. So if we see that little sticker that says raw milk, we shouldn't be scared of it.
4: No. I mean if you're pregnant and you've decided with your partner that that's your concern, great. I mean there's an entire country of France that doesn't worry doesn't about care. that with yeah. their pregnancies. But uh, you know a lot of people do and I, they often come up to me and they're like – well, what, what should I eat it? And I'm like, I'm your cheesemonger, not your doctor or your husband. Like, please don't ask me this question. I, I, I will sell it to you. Like, there, there's no law that says I can't. But, uh, you know, you right. can decide that. To,
1: to be clear, the vast majority of doctors will tell you that in
0: moderation, anything's fine right. if you're pregnant. Oh, yeah, really? Like, Except for raw cheese. And, and like, Except for mercury.
2: In moderation. In moderation. I mean, it's it's insane. They say don't don't eat,
0: I mean, they say don't eat, like, straight mercury. Don't eat a thermometer. Don't eat mercury. (laughs) Don't don't eat a thermometer. High-end mercury fishes. Kraft. Kraft. Craft craft mercury. So, Um, go ahead. uh, Are they doctors
3: or fishmongers?
0: uh, (laughs) As the expert, as the expert here, (laughs) what would you like to convey to the novice out there about cheese that you think is the biggest misconception? Oh, wow. That's a great question.
4: Um, Hmm.
2: Something I you, guess that, that you want them the,
0: to take away. They're going to grocery yeah, store. Yeah, I think or, that
4: the, the the misconception is Don't the sameness, right? Like you apologized in the very beginning of this that you liked one monster over the other, and even if they're big companies, like who cares? You like that monster. It's different. It's made from a different company, a different cheese makers making okay. it. There is differences, and so I think that this idea that cheese is cheese is cheese, and like. Who cares what cheddar I get? No, fuck that. Care what cheddar you get. Like, you like this cheddar? Get that cheddar. Or ask somebody who knows, hey, I like this one. What others are like that? If you actually, like, think about it a little bit more and engage it as a process, I think you'll get more out of it. So find someone like me who will nerd out with you and let you taste and, like, go on the journey.
0: How do do you generally, like, if you're, like, a big box shopper, how do you find... How do you read So out? most
4: Whole Foods will let you taste the cheese, I'm pretty sure. They do, they do a great um, job with that. Kroger's oh. that have Murray's inside of them will let you taste it's the holiday, cheese. Holiday Market, out. Zingerman's. No, but, so, uh, you Zingerman's know, obviously right, come to Monger's anything. Provisions because we'll let you taste anything else. I, I worked Zingerman's. at Zingerman's. You know, I, I learned their Zingerman's? model oh, yeah, for Did two you? Years.
3: I have a super question about that because I had this <laughs> yeah, really please, amazing experience once about chocolate at Zingerman's. Yeah. And I was there and, you know, they've got the counter and I'm looking at all the things and- I was probably a, um, a little intoxicated because I think it was a game day in Ann Arbor. Sounds but right. I was really, you know, I, I wasn't really trying to troll, but it just kind of worked into the, it just kind of happened like it. So, you know, I don't know if it was just this individual, if they're trained that way, but, you know, everything, I'm like, okay, well, tell me a little about this. Like, everything's great. Everything's great. I'm like, okay, well, like, which one is your least favorite? And he's like, none of them. Like, I love everything. And yeah, they're, they're trained for that. I'm point. like, okay, well, just tell me what you're, because I was curious. I was really trying to understand, like, so at that, first I was. And then I reached a point where, you know the 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 spiel is so much. I'm like, well, tell me. I'll tell you what. Tell me what your least favorite one is, and I'll buy like 20 of them. I don't care. Just tell me what your least favorite one is. Wouldn't do it. I mean, yeah. He, uh, you know, withstood the the line of questioning, and that's amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic. And so
4: the three fireable offenses at Zingerman's are um, disrespecting a customer, doing drugs on premise, <laughs> and disrespecting food. Mm. So wait. So if so you, you can't tell- say something bad about food in this way, that like. It might not be for you, sure, but somebody put effort in it. Someone created this food and it is totally like a fireable offense to like say this was a shit, shit chocolate bar. So Meier the Meier one say? movie, the like one,
2: it? the one movie that has vitamins <clears throat> in it. 5 year engagement. Oh, that movie so filmed with down me. there. And, but he he basically berates someone for getting the wrong pickle. Yeah,
4: which is like it's a movie, right? That yeah. that would totally it. not fly.
2: <laughs> Meanwhile, I feel like that movie was
4: loosely based off my life and when it came out, <laughs> it screwed with me in a way that like I saw it with a current girlfriend and like the movie ended and I'm like I'm gonna go take a walk. I'll see you in like an hour. I'm sorry. Like, what was that Emily Blunt? Is that yeah. The girl? I left Zingerman's because of a girl, and like per- I pursued cooking, and like it was like the wrong order. And then I think they kind of based the pickle guy on mm-hmm. me, not so much the main character. I'm, you know, but either way, it was. Yeah, I questioned my whole life choices after that movie. I was like, should I have went with that woman? What did I do here?
1: I've taken Zingerman's business classes, and it's funny that there's three fireable offenses because they talk at length in their classes about not being able to fire people.
4: Oh, yeah. They're still – well, I mean you have to remember like Ann Arbor in the 80s. like They were like, okay, way too many people are getting high in the walk-in. Like we need to create – draw a line here. Um, yeah, at one point they were talking about uh, having drug testing for hiring, and one of the managers at the time were like, yeah, we totally need a mandatory minimum.
0: Uh <laughs> I walk in. I walk in there like I'm gonna get this. Pick up some like uh, pepper, or I'm gonna pick up some like, uh, uh, uh mint, you know, mint or whatever. And I walk out eighty dollars. Zingerman's. Yeah. 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 I mean, Why Netflix would you
1: walk in there just going for pepper? You're going in
2: to spend eighty dollars. No, you, like you, I was,
0: I was living there. I was like, I'm just gonna go to Zingerman's to get something. Like I had a, I had no. a provision I was gonna pick up. You it go. Like,
2: oh, you order the meat cone. Because yes. it's the most magical thing in the world. Yes. Meat cone.
0: You mm-hmm. go yes. there to get the brownies. The brownies are great. Okay, so Zach, so you're yeah.
1: opening a Detroit Yeah, we're going to be at Cass
2: and
4: Canfield in a new location. We're still going to have the Ferndale location. It's like the number one question. Everybody's real. We're going to leave Ferndale. We love it there. We would never leave it. And uh, we really have enjoyed working with Farmfield Table. So we'll continue to carry their great products in the Detroit store. For those who don't know, we are located in Farm Field Table in Ferndale. Um, so the Detroit store will be just us, but you'll be able to get their meat there. Neat, and yeah. so
1: you're gonna have a 12 foot cold case. I'm yeah. reading this from the eater article. Cool. You have 100 different types of cheese. Yeah, 80
4: to 100. 80 I'm to 100. pretty sure I said 80 to 100. She went straight for the hundred. I'm like, <laughs> shit. I gotta buy a hundred now. I'm like counting the Damn order. Damn Brenna. I'm like sitting <laughs> there counting every cheese I got. I'm like, I'm like 95. I guess I gotta find five more cheddars. I don't know. Um, yeah, hundred cheeses or so, or so, <laughs> or so. Um,
1: so yeah, 80 to 100. Still, yeah. impressive. still, still a lot of cheese. What do you have in the Ferdinand location?
4: Like 60, 50. Uh,
1: the, yeah.
2: In the smallest, the cooler is like the size of this table. It's
4: really cramped. Yeah. At this point, I, I, two of my employees looked at me and the other day and they're like, stop trying new products <laughs> for the next store. Wait till you get another case. You can't buy anything else. So um, here's
1: the question I've been cut How off. How many products have you tasted how do you pick what goes into your case
4: i mean i've tasted literally thousands of products at this point i've been very lucky life it is uh (laughs) i just got back from a food show um (laughs) i was in chicago two weeks ago at the fortune fish food show okay so i generally speaking go to a show fancy food a vendor specific some kind of food show once a year that's where i get a lot of work done things like the american cheese society you get to go to an event called meet the cheese maker and taste literally hundreds of American cheeses in one night. So wait a second. Do you spit
1: them? I was going to ask. Yeah. I I don't. I don't. And apparently
4: like at the world champion levels, like people are spitting when they're tasting thousands. I have not witnessed it or done it myself. (laughs) I, I really gross. It's really gross. I judged (laughs) the good food awards in 2015 or 16 and I had to evaluate like 60 cheeses before noon. Um, if you like do the math, you eat like an ounce of each cheese or so, right? Oh my, oh, no, you, like oh, maybe it's a less than an ounce, but you're served an ounce of cheese, right? And you wow. like nibble a little, nibble it, like play with the food, nibble it again. I don't know. Either way, wow. sixty cheeses, whatever amount it is, it was like I probably ate two pounds of cheese in a sitting. <laughs> I mean, I was sick for like days. <laughs> <laughs> Randy's who's with us now is is, is
1: no big deal. On faced, I'm faced. faced. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
4: just you know. Grab a grocery store block of cheese and realize that I ate the whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> I ate kale and drank kombucha for days. So I just <laughs> hey, you
0: know what? Sorry. Right. When I was a kid, I used to take friggin' canned cheese, and I just pour, just squirt it in my mouth. Spray cheese. A whole can? I did. It was uh, terrible. Oh, I can't you even know, imagine. I used, to, oh, yeah. I used to put it on Ritz crackers to make little sandwiches. Oh, yeah. And then... I just, yeah, one day. Uh, we all start somewhere about to. End. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. In hindsight, it's like, that wasn't even cheese. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if it was a cheese product. Empty calories. It's like mm. that and magic shell with my weaknesses. I
3: always enjoyed saltine crackers and American slices. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, my dad would get mad because I would eat them in his bed when he was gone, and then there'd be that's what, you know, that, Yeah, that
0: pissed me off. That, you know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I up. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I'm, gonna end, I'm gonna. end my part in a high note here. That's what you're. You know, if you guys got lobbyists and stuff like that, you should be, you know, firmly going against all this Lunchables bullshit and this and that because we are just oh, poise- yeah. we're poisoning our yeah. kids. Oh my And God. there's so much good stuff out there, like the stuff that you brought today. I mean, I've cost, I've gone to cost, I've gone cost, to Whole cost. I've gone to Whole Foods and the, you know they have the samples out there and I get you know my kid wants to try this and he's like yeah. I love it and I buy it. I take it home, and I cut it up, and it's in, in his lunch, and he eats that, and I'm sure there's somebody else with a Lunchable, and, you know, it's this. So, a, so he, here's the thing, and here's the retort to that, because th- this is,
4: the, these cheeses that you brought with you, yeah what what's
1: the average per pound price?
4: Well, you know, I was trying to bring my best stuff for you guys, right, well, so it, I, no, yeah, you're yeah. right. It, it, it's a great retort. The average pound price of stuff I brought today is $26 a pound.
1: Now, this goes back to the point of you, eating cheese as a special occasion versus yeah. as a condiment. Because mm-hmm. in the grocery store, you can get cheese that's- $9 four,
4: a pound, $5 a pound. Five, yeah, dollars certainly, a pound. $5 a pound, And so like- American slices, by the way, are about 9 to $10 a pound. They're not actually the cheapest cheese at this point because <laughs> they're pre-sliced in all the packaging.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I recently but, bought but, yeah, that. But they could but, lobby- to say, we can't call that cheese. Uh,
1: okay, but that's not a battle like that, that I don't yeah. think is worth fighting. But what I'm getting at mm. is like moving cheese away from this idea as being a condiment yeah. versus yeah. something that's worth savoring. Yeah. So is that something that you teach when the customer walks through your door as a first-time customer? Do you say like, yeah, you might have sticker sh-. maybe Maybe $30 a pound may seem like a lot. You
4: don't have to buy a pound either. Yeah, I no, think that right. that that's, exactly. yeah. that's the big thing. I think that... You don't have to buy a pound. We're a cut-to-order shop. So like so much of your grocery-buying decisions are like, well, that's the size package they're telling me I need to purchase, and um, most cheese blocks are in half pounds. I'll sell you a quarter pound of something you want, and it won't go bad, so you won't waste it, which Mm -hmm. is why everybody's asking about how to store their cheeses, because they're buying more than they necessarily need and letting it
2: go bad often.
4: Well, they go Um, to Costco and they buy a wheel. Yeah, you buy a giant thing at Mm -hmm. a crazy price. Um, So- I think that that's like – the first step is buying just what you need, deciding the occasion. And I I still think there are occasions for $5 cheese, right? Like I have friends who I'm not serving my fancy cheese to. We have like a football party or something like that. I'm going to cube up some crap and give it to them. Like they're going to eat it. They're going to be happy. Um, I think your kids are a really great example of like we often just give our kids whatever's easy and cheap. But I think that there's a real truth to like – showing them that food comes from a farm and like teaching them the whole thing. And I think it's a much larger discussion that we take our most impressionable class of, you know, the populace and feed them the worst possible food while they're held captive in an area that they have no other choice. (laughs) It's like, you have to go to this institution. We're going to poison you with really crappy food. In fact, we'll invite like Taco Bell and other companies to come (laughs) sell to you while you're in class. And, Serve you terrible food. Mm-hmm. So, good luck being healthy out there as adults. Um, but that's like a whole other tangent that I. It's don't totally have. true. Yeah it's, yeah, it's really perverse almost. And so, um, yes, I, I understand it's more expensive. And I think that we're all worth that money. Yeah. There you, you, should fee- you should eat there you better, go. you know, and I, it's going to cost you more.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think the larger issue is that, like, this kind of normalization of flavor, right? Mm-hmm. So, w-
4: cheddar should taste like this. Uh, yeah, a, and I so think Tavato's question, like, this. like, that's the big thing. Like, the oneness is my problem, right? Like, what is this? It should taste like cheddar. Like, try all the cheddars. Like, the 365 Munster might be crap compared to the Boar's Head, head Munster. Yeah. Like, it's a different cheese. It's – the milk's different, right? Like, and one, milk, and
0: one ridiculously has more preservatives because the 365 – I'm just going to say this. The 365 had a shelf life, I think, of December – and yeah. when I buy my deli meats, I buy them for the week. Mm-hmm. Like I expect it to go bad. Yeah, like in a in a week and a half. Like I have my seven to ten day shelf life for anything that I buy from the deli, whether mm-hmm. it's meat or cheese. Yeah, you know, you open something, I think seven to ten days, it's done. And when you get something, which is like, restaurant, basically, yeah, yeah, when you get something, it's like, oh, this is going to last you to December. It's disturbing. It's like, well, what's in it? Not yeah. not after it's open though. <clears throat> no, but but buying it still it's like what's in it like formaldehyde normally yeah something <laughs> it's but a healthy dose. but
1: i mean that there's
0: Preser- there, there's things in there that no, do in that our bodies no I,
1: I mean if you were to buy a, a a container of garden fresh salsa right now that's totally natural they do high pressure pre- processing it could last you till december until is you- that what's going on with cheese High well, pressure package But, but well, and so cheese is okay,
2: also yeah. meant to kind of last, right? It's
4: milk's leap towards immortality. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a cured product. It's already, it's controlled spoilage, right? And so. So if you got a wheel, you didn't cut
2: into it, how long would that last?
4: Depends on the wheel, right? If okay. we got a wheel of, you know, Humboldt fog to use something that most people oh. know, it's going <laughs> to,
2: it's going to last
4: for about three, four months, you know? Wow. It, it okay. has, uh, it's printed from the manufacturer, probably like a eight week shelf life. Mm-hmm. If you held it a month past that shelf life, you could sell it without any problems. Around five, six months, it's gonna give you a hard time. Okay. That being said, like I've opened Parmesans that are three years old. Which are aged. Which are aged yeah. and, and meant to be that right. old. Um
0: Another another practical question before yeah. we have to li- I mean, I know our time's getting shorter, but you're good. Uh fresh mott. Yeah. The liquid it's in. Talk about that real quick.
4: Yeah, generally speaking, um, the two common practices i guess three common practices you put it just in plain water you put it in a salt bath or you put it in a mixture of whey and water right the natural mm-hmm. off runnings or whatever um you should do whatever it comes in right because if it was manufactured a certain way if you start screwing with it you'll mess up the ph or the salt levels of the cheese and Quite frankly, you can create too salinic of an environment. It will start to just dissolve in the water. Mm. Um, or if it had salt water in to begin with and you put it in fresh water, you're going to soak all that salt out and you're going to have like this really bland piece of cheese. Osmosis, kids. So <clears throat> whatever it came in, it's probably what it was meant to be in for most mozzarellas you're buying in the market. So leave it in there. Yep. And we do it in whey water when we sell fresh mozz, And when I like pull moths and have it chill in something, I like it to be in whey water because it – I think reabsorbs those flavors.
0: It's okay to trust your grocer or whoever you're buying it from to say that whatever they put it in is probably what it should be in.
4: Yeah. Yeah. They should be listening to the manufacturer's suggestions and know what the hell they're doing. Right.
0: Zach, when is the,
4: uh, the new store opening? The new store opening. It's going to be at the end of November, I believe. I think we'll just after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot to do, but it's, uh, we, we go crazy. Thanksgiving's like, you not know. a
0: big cheese time, though.
4: No, know. a little bit here and there. But, uh, yeah, Christmas, Christmas yeah. will yeah, be yeah. – uh, we want to be open for those holiday parties.
0: There's a cheese house in Frankenmuth. That's very right, Oh, yeah. Stop, Stop it. Cheese house with the mouse. Stop the mouse it. is there. Really? Yeah. There is. Oh, yeah. On the Shop outside,
1: local. You can
4: take a picture <laughs> with the mouse. I know. Uh, where can people find you online? Um, on Facebook. Yep. As well as Instagram, uh-huh. Mongers Provisions. Um, check us out. We have our website as well. You can order trays online. And oh, the trays. We, 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 we make some beautiful trays. trays. Check out the Instagram page. Oh. If you really like like cheese porn cheese and porn. beautiful yeah. charcuterie boards, that's sounds
2: all
0: we like do. Like, sounds um, like holiday gifts. Yeah, please. And
2: chocolate. We we didn't talk about chocolate. We're yeah, we also do
4: this. chocolate. Yeah. My business partner is the chocolate guy. I tried to talk about it. I brought a chocolate. We um, ate it. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. It was
0: gone within seconds. <laughs> what what One quick
1: plug for the chocolate. Uh, do you guys still do Palm Street? Yeah. Oh, well, hell Street yeah. Palm Street chocolate is fantastic. And they, they sell it. Uh, we sell it at Aykroyds too, but they, but they yeah. sell it as well. And, uh, so don't
2: go to Ackroyd's. Go, go to yeah. Either one.
4: Yeah. Get, get, I'll
2: get let your you pump, taste it first. Pump Street chocolate's
4: fantastic. <laughs> All right. It really is amazing. Uh, Zach, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Until next time, dine well, friends.